Welcome to the official podcast of The Next CMO, hosted by Plana, makers of the first AI-driven marketing leadership platform for quickly and easily creating winning marketing plans, maximizing budget impact, and improving ROI. The Next CMO is a thought leadership podcast for those that are CMOs or want to become one. My name is Kelsey Kraft, and I'm the Senior Marketing Manager. And I'm Peter Mahoney. I'm the founder and CEO of Plana, and welcome to The Next CMO podcast. For this week, we have Aran Libna and Hani Marks. Aran is the founder and president of Market Capture, and Hani is the marketing strategy leader at Blend. Both Aran and Hani are experts in the ABM space. Thanks for coming on the show, Aran and Hani. Yeah, thanks. Welcome, guys. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. you. Uh, And this, by the way, this conversation came up. uh, It's been, we were joking earlier that it was a long time to schedule. Uh, We've been talking about it for a while. Iran and I have been part of the same uh, CMO networking group here in the Boston area for, for a long time. Uh, And I recently had a great conversation with Iran about his philosophy and approach to ABM and said, oh, my God, we have to tell more people about this, because I think ABM is one of those things that's largely misunderstood. Uh, And he had the great suggestion uh, to uh, talk about the specific practical application of some of his theories with one of his clients. And that's where we got to meet Honey. So why don't we start to be fair ladies first and, and have Hani, why don't you just introduce yourself quickly and, and tell us a little bit about Blend. Hi, um, nice to join you guys virtually. I'm Hani and I started at Blend earlier this year. Blend is a digital lending platform. So we are working with different size, size financial institutions. Um, a lot of banks that you may know, but I might not mention their name um, on this podcast. Great. Excellent. Uh, and, and obviously the perfect example of someone, if, you've, if you're working in the uh, financial services industry and selling to banks, you probably have a pretty well-defined market. ABM probably is a front and center kind of strategy for your approach. And, and Iran, why don't you just uh, give us a little bit of your background and, uh, and background on your business? Sure, sure. Uh, I've been in B2B marketing for probably longer than I would like to admit. I was uh, VP marketing at a few software startups. Maybe most known here in the Boston area is Click Software, which is now part of Salesforce. Uh, but uh, over the past 15 years, I've mostly operated as a fractional CMO for B2B software startups and scale-ups, uh, as well as an advisor focusing on helping companies such as Blend uh, implement ABM programs and having a lot of fun at it. Yeah, that's that, that's great. And and the one of the things, as I mentioned, that I was excited about in our discussion is uh, is your approach to you put uh, you know a nice process and uh, around around ABM. So maybe you can set the table for us and and just define what you think ABM means, around. Yeah. So it's funny because. Um... You know, I think for those of us that have been working in B2B marketing for some time now, ABM is not really something very new. Um, you know, over 15 years ago, actually, I wrote an article. Uh, I called it then, Know Your Customer by Name. 
Uh, and that's something that I have preached and implemented in many companies uh, before we ever called it ABM. Uh, and that's an, uh, another fun fact is um, if you look at uh, trends on Google search uh, over the past 15 years, uh, you will see that searches for uh, account-based marketing have really been taking off uh, just at the same time and pretty much at the same rate that searches for one-to-one -one marketing have been declining. Uh, so in many ways, in my mind, we are just reframing and refining something that many of us have been doing for quite some time. Um, and there, I think that the reason we're doing it is, is really not rocket science, right? I mean, um, you know, I, I've seen uh, ABM delivering superior results at pretty much every company that I've worked with. And if you think about it, it shouldn't come as a surprise because, you know, every marketing knows that the more targeted you are, the more successful you're going to be. Uh, so in my mind, when we talk about ABM, uh, again, it's not a very new thing, but the challenges in my mind is in the execution. Um, and really the, the way I look at it is ABM requires discipline uh, and at least the type of companies that I work with, many of them don't have this kind of discipline. Um, you know, especially when you look at young companies and entrepreneurs, um, you know, many of them just want things done quickly, they, you know, they tend to sometimes uh, cut corners and, and look for things very quickly. Uh, so, you know, so I think that's one of the challenges, but I would say also that, uh, you know, I've been in, at it for quite a while. So I see that uh, actually today there is greater support for ABM strategies uh, in these organizations. There is more understanding of the need compared to what I've seen maybe five or 10 years ago. And I think this is really what has brought us to the point where ABM is such a popular trend in, in so many companies today. Yeah, and I think the starting point that you alluded to there, Iran, is the the idea, and it's the same thing with one-to-one -one marketing. If you're doing personalization, uh, well, I just had this conversation with the other one. It might have been on one of our podcasts. I can't remember. They all blend together. Blend, look at that. I used your brand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I, exactly. Uh, and with personalization, as an example, the biggest challenge for most people is you need to start with actually segmentation because you need to figure out what are the buckets and how do you define them? And then you start to build the messages for the buckets. And in, in ABM, you need to have a very clear defined set of market segmentation definitions and targets. So you can build a, a list of what in the case of ABM gen ends up being is a very specific list, list of named accounts. So tell me, honey, when you started, was there a, did you already have sort of this, an existing list? Did you have a, an account target list that you went for and was it segmented or did you need to start doing that work? Yeah, it's a great question. I think this comes up a lot, right? When you're talking about account-based marketing. So I actually had a list that was predetermined um, one thing to point out with this list, though, is we're talking about strategic accounts. I work with the strategic sales team. So I would say about 80% of this target list are current customers. So we're doing cross-sell activities, and then the other 20% are net new prospects. So you have to think, even in terms of your strategies for account-based marketing, those are vastly different, considering the majority of the lists are, are customers where 
there's a group of people that we have very strong relationships with. And then we have net new prospects where we might have some relationships, but we're really trying to create that groundswell um, to get things moving. So um, as Iran as Iran knows, um, when I started at Blend, I, I will share that I went all in. I dove off the um, diving board and said, we're going to do um, one-to-one personalized marketing. So I will share with your audience, I think if a company is new to ABM and just getting started, I would recommend, you know, dial it back a little bit, start with a segment that, you know, as you described, was, is based on pain points or there's some commonality because trying to go all in at once with one-to-one, which is very detailed, um, you know, we had some challenges with that. So I'd recommend start with one to few and get your feet wet before you um, move into the one-to-one place. So in, in your case, uh, what did that mean? What, what does a one-to-few look like in your case? Does that mean just getting more specific sub-segment kind of messaging in offers or, or is it something different? Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously varies. I mean, I think for us, a lot of the commonalities that we've seen with our segment list is in terms of marketing to a specific persona. So we might have our um, set list of 20, but within those accounts, we're divvying up these campaigns based on persona and doing highly targeted um, campaigns, personalized content to a specific persona. We might still use the same content piece, like the same um, ebook asset, but all of our personalized ads, all of our landing pages are speaking to this specific persona. So I think it just depends on, um, you know, what the what your target list is, who they are. I mean, that's a big part of ABM. Do you truly know who you're selling to? Um, what makes them unique and what makes you unique? Why why do they want to engage with you? What What's in it for them is really, needs to be part of your ABM strategy. Definitely. Iran, uh, can you talk to me about, I guess, your current uh, specific process for, you know, developing account-based bargaining? Yeah, sure. Be happy to. So I call it uh, the perfectly imperfect ABM. Um, but maybe let, you know, let me take a step back and talk about what I see as some of the issues that companies struggle with uh, in the execution. And I think you can get a little bit, uh, a little bit of it from what Hani just mentioned. But um, the first is that, uh, you know, and, and that's not the blend case, but I see definitely companies that are really giving it just a half-hearted effort. So, for example, they will define some personas and create a campaign or two that, uh, is targeting these personas, but they don't really follow through uh, with a sustained effort. And they quickly go back to what I call marketing as usual, which is really not targeted, more opportunistic, and really in many cases just focused on something like, oh yeah, we have this great new product, so let's do a campaign around this rather than look at you know the buyer, what problems they have, and how we can help them solve it. So that's one type of companies and one Tribe, uh, that are struggling with ABM. And the second is really the, the, the opposite uh, side of the spectrum. So companies that are really trying to boil the ocean and get it perfect before they get started. Uh, and the challenge there is that really in many cases, by the time they actually get something done and see some results, 
someone up above gets really tired of it and says, you know what, this ABM thing really doesn't work uh, or, you know, it's not worth the effort, so let's forget about it. So what I try to come up with is something that, uh, you know, is, is really giving a more practical way to go about it that um, is feasible for most companies uh, and also start showing results very quickly. Um, and, and it has really four, uh, four pillars or four parts in my mind. And the first one we talked about is, yes, you have to define your target buyer. If you don't know that, then, you know, you, you're, you're, you cannot start. So you want to define them. You want to make sure that they're in CRM. You want to make sure that they're in your marketing automation system. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, if they respond to something, you know who they are. And if they just came up, came to your website, uh, through an inbound effort, you also know that they're part of your target list. Uh, so that's, that's the obvious. The second is the messaging. And, and really the key here is, you know, to make it, again, as practical because you can start with something that is, you know, more focused uh, in, on generic personas like, you know, head of line of business or a tech persona and then just get more granular over time. And then the third part, which is very tied to the message, is the content. Um, and again, you know, you, you want to start with something that you can execute relatively quickly. So you're not getting into, you know, six-month cycles of creating all the different permutations of the content uh, that you can think of. Uh, and really the key is to get very quickly to the fourth part, which is, you know, to start activating it and reaching out to people so you can uh, test and iterate and, and see how you can need to change it. And here in my experience, um, you know, you have different strategies for outreach, but in my experience, really the, 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 the two that work uh, best in terms of time to market uh, is email and, and SDR outreach. And, you know, you can add LinkedIn, you can add targeted ads, you can add all these other things. Uh, and Honey can talk to some of these, but I think this is, you know, you need to find something that works relatively quickly so you can start showing results, learn and iterate on that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Iran. And, and I, I used to tell people in personalization. So I ran the personalization business line for a software company here in Boston for a long time. Uh, and uh, we used to tell people to uh, start with two segments, customers and non-customers. There's a good start, right? Yeah. Make it really yeah. simple and, and then just start to break it down further and further. And, and you're right, people get... Uh, are sort of crushed under the complexity of their own ambitions and, and they can't get it done because they, they want to boil the ocean and get everything else fit. So I, I think that's, that's really great uh, that you sort of evolve to that, uh, to that point. The, the, the other thing that I, I assume is part of your, your model is uh, the idea of, of measurement and optimization. So that's a, that's a key thing, obviously, in any ABM strategy is, uh, is one, sort of defining a baseline, two, defining what the targets are for moving the needle on those metrics. How, 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 how would you think about that generically? And, and maybe Hani can talk about how they've thought about that specifically uh, in, in, her, in her world. Yeah, so I think that's that's a great question, and and yes, in my mind, when you look at ABM, there are basically there are a few measurements that are key. 
Uh, and again, you can, you can get very granular, but if you keep these in mind, I think you have a good baseline. So in my mind, it's about coverage. So if you know what your target market is, how many of them uh, have you been able to identify? Uh, the second one is, is uh, reach. So how many of them have you been able to reach out through your effort? Uh, and then the, the next one is engagement. How many of them have actually engaged with you? And then the last one is, is you know, and that can vary from one company to another, but some, some sort of conversion. So, and you can define what your conversion target is, whether it's uh, a meeting, uh, a, uh, you know, an SQL, D different companies have different uh, elements of, of, of that. But in my mind, if you just keep it to those four uh, steps and, and just make sure that you measure these as you go along, uh, you have a good starting point. So, honey, how would yeah, how would you think about that at, at Blend? Is that the approach that you've used, and uh, so where are you on the journey? Yeah, I would say, I mean, considering that a large part of the strategy I'm working on is with strategic accounts, it's to increase engagement. So, um, you know, especially from conversations working with sales and trying to get them in alignment with these campaigns, obviously, you know, they have long-term relationships with many people at these strategic accounts, um, probably 10 to 15. And so when I'm working with sales too, I'm trying to communicate to them, how can we help create, you know, interest buzz and increase engagement with these 98 100,000 people that, you know, don't know who Blend are. And so when you go to do a virtual presentation, there's some brand awareness. We're not, you know, we're still doing very top of the funnel campaigns, brand awareness campaigns. Um, but I would say the, the number one priority right now for Blend is increasing engagement at strategic accounts, both within the customer subset and within net new prospects. That, that makes sense. It's interesting because I, in a, Iran, I think you and I might've talked about this when we connected. I, I, I did something that we didn't call ABM because back in the day, they didn't really call it that. We had, uh, when I was at uh, Nuance, uh, then called SpeechWorks, something called uh, a, a BTA program. And it was BTA stood for Bullseye Targeted Accounts. Uh, and, and part of what we did is, and, and by the way, this was not my brainchild. Uh, so props to Steve Chambers and Mike Thompson are two guys who actually killed it with this program. Um, and, but the idea was to take a very specific list of people, because we worked with, you know, the hundred largest call centers in the world, as an example. And we developed a baseline score. And the baseline score was basically a, a relationship assessment. And that relationship assessment uh, was on a score, we had about five attributes on a score of zero to five. And, and it was, you know, were they a current customer, you're a zero. Where you were a repeat customer, it's a five. Uh, it was based on the, the IVR, some of the technology platform that was involved. We had a whole bunch of different factors. So you ended up with sort of this blended score of 50, whatever the number was. Um, and, and it was really useful because what we, we did then is the program plan behind this was charged with progressing that score. So, so basically you had then this, this uh, model that you could use to say, we want to, we want to put effort against engagement. And then it was a little bit 
manual in the end, but that was okay because there were a hundred or something. And what we did is we had the sales team uh, basically do their own assessment and say, are they a one or this, or are they a three on this? And you could see the the evolution of of the, of, of the approach. So it might have been overkill in in what we did, but in our case, because it was a fairly tight. Uh, kind of universe, it, it was useful. And it sounds like you probably have a similar size universe. Maybe it's it's not thousands. It, it may be in the, in the hundred-ish order of magnitude, honey. Is that right? Yeah. And as you were talking, I did want to point out too, you did mention the word manual. So yeah. I will say <laughs> with account-based, and we're, we try to say account-based sales and marketing, um, Iran really brought that up. And I think that does really help get sales alignment. Blend has some of the brightest people I've ever worked with. And they've tried really hard <laughs> to work with me to try to automate some of what we're trying to do within account-based marketing. And there are some areas that you know you can automate and figure out a process so that it's not such deep research and such manual work. But I, I truly think you know you just really can't replace that. There's still elements of account-based marketing that you just have to roll up your sleeves and do research. And um, I, I will say, like that was another learning lesson I would say that we've had at Blend is that it, it just takes it takes more work and effort, but obviously the payoff is much higher. Yeah. Do you Honey. think? Go ahead, Kelsey. Sorry. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to ask you just because as a marketer, everyone understands the sales and marketing alignment is extremely essential for the business to thrive. So, from an ABM perspective, how do you uh, make sure to align, you know, the sales side into your ABM marketing efforts? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you know, there's so many variables depending on the company, the relationship between sales and marketing. But I can share my own personal experience. I think the first starting point is talking to the sales team that you're working with about what account-based marketing is. It's always surprising to see, um, maybe not surprising, but you know, people have different definitions of what it means. And I think, as you know, first line of business, are are you? It, are you and the sales team in alignment with what account-based marketing is and what you're trying to do? Um, so I think once you can work together collaborative, collaboratively to discuss what the goals are, um, it, that's the first starting point. I also, when I'm working with sales, I try to do obviously one-to-one, -one. you know, we're, we're working with strategic accounts. So our strategic AE team maybe only has a few accounts and truly this, this is, you know, their, their baby. So, you know, I think having a lot of one-to-one -one conversations to gather learnings about the account mm -hmm. um, is, is definitely key. And then also I think of account-based marketing is supporting their account plans. So I think you have to have a lot of discussions about what are the account milestones? What, where are you trying to go with the account plan? I'm here to support your efforts and really marketing should be supporting their strategy. Um, I think an end goal would be to work collaboratively so that you're both kind of setting a strategy for that account. But as a starting point, the, this marketer really needs to understand what the long-term strategy is for that account so that you can support their efforts. With that said, you always have to be fluid. You have to be ready for anything. You have to be able to change the campaign. Even if you map something out for six months, 
even with strategic accounts, things can change. Um, you know, COVID's a great example. You, you have to be able to be nimble and change your strategy. Um, and I would say, you know, ultimately it, it takes time. It takes time to build trust between what you're doing in sales. And it just really depends on what, how that initial relationship started at the company. How well do marketing and sales work together to start? Um, one other thing to mention just about trust too, you have to think, you know, when I kind of came in, you're, you're, you're also asking a lot of questions about their account and wanting their contacts and tell me more about the conversation. Let me list, you know, I'm listening to your gong calls. Like you do need to make sure that you're continuously sharing why you're doing that and how you're trying to help move that account along, because sometimes it can be a little bit, um, aggressive is the wrong word, but there's a lot of curiosity about like, why is she asking all these questions about my account? So yeah, I think that makes total sense because if they, you know, these account managers have one to two accounts, these are their, these are their babies, as you said, and you know, one wrong email that's, you know, not personalized or doesn't have the right approach could technically ruin all of those efforts that that salesperson has you know, built up over the years. So yeah, I would also say there's a balance, right? You know, the account executive has the ability to opt out. Like we work with them very, very detailed, going back to the manual, looking through their list of contacts. Who do you not want us to contact? Um, This is more for SDR efforts. Um, I do think there needs to be a balance too, because until somebody gets warmed up, they could totally, um, you know, void you out of doing an entire campaign, which may or may not make sense. But, you know, just like they say about every good salesperson, you have to be a good listener and really listen to them and what they think the account needs are. So I I really think of it as building a long-term relationship. So it's interesting because the, the you're, you're bringing up a, a real challenge with, uh, with ABM and it's sort of drawing the line uh, between one-to-one sales support and a scalable model for, for ABM. And, and of course you, you want it to feel very personalized to the account. You, you want to be able to deliver a very specific message. So it's, so Iran, you see this a lot because you help companies figure this out. How do you help them move that slider to the right place so that they're, they're, they're striking the right blend to do it again? (laughs) Excellent. Um, Yes, I think that that's a really good question. And I think that obviously the more granular you are trying to get, the more challenging it is to scale. So when you do one to many, you can reach a lot of accounts, but if you want to make it more effective, you need to target different personas within these accounts with different messages and different content that is tailored to their pain points and opportunities. Um, when you do one to few, like Honey described, or one to one, you're essentially multiplying the number of variations in your messaging and the content, and that really becomes more of a challenge. So, the way uh, I try to help companies scale this is is essentially to think about it as as an assembly line. So you have you know the the three stages that we talked about: the message, the content, and the delivery. And each one of them is, takes an input from the previous one. And if you start kind of like building these centers of excellence or, you know, uh, at, 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 at a blend, they call them pods, uh, around these 
specific targets uh, and you make sure that they're all in alignment, then you can start scaling it because then you have different um, groups that are responsible for different items, but they're still taking their cues and, and building up on what the other, uh, the previous step um, really defined. But really the critical piece here that, that even comes before the, the messaging and the content, and, and Hani spoke about it a little bit, uh, is, is the research part. Uh, and that's the part that is actually more difficult to scale. Uh, so again, if you, you know, if you're just looking at, uh, you know, something on, at a high level, so, you know, uh, you know, let's take Plana as an example. If you're targeting CMOs, you know, I can imagine that you can think of some high level message that would pretty much speak to every CMO. You know, they have a pain of managing their marketing plans in one place and managing their budgets and, you know, good. keep going, be, keep going, yeah, keep going. <laughs> That can be that can be pretty generic. So, um, but you know, it, now if you start breaking it down, then you know, you you may you may need to research like because CMOs in pharma may have a different set of issues compared to CMOs in software. They have maybe more regulatory issues that they have to deal with and other elements that they have to account for. Uh, and then a CMO with you know 500 people in their marketing team has different needs, uh, you know, compared to one that has 50 people or five people on their team. So you start breaking it down, obviously the, the kind of messages and the kind of level of research that you need to put into it, uh, you know, that, that needs to scale. And obviously when you get to the one-to-one, like Connie said, now you really have to dive into this specific account, understand, you know, what's going on with their business, uh, you know, is, are there, you know, who are the players there? Uh, you know, who actually pulled the strings and all these kind of things. Uh, and that's really something that takes time and it's actually difficult to automate. So in my mind, it's, it's really about segmentation. So, you know, take, take blend, for example, for example, Hani mentioned, you know, you can only do it for 20 accounts. Um, when you do it for 20 accounts, you can, you know, put a lot of effort into it. Uh, and then you take the rest of your target list and you, you know, you do them on a one to few on one one to many basis. So, so that's how you are able to basically take some of these things that, that you're doing, scale them for, for one portion of your target market, but then really get very granular and very detailed on, um, you know, on, on the ones that are really critical and strategic for you. That, that's great. That's very helpful. And the, um, and like everything, it feels like it's an evolution for people, right? You, you need to, you need to start, you need to get more refined as you go over time. So honey, as, as you look for blend to, to measure the outcomes of your ABM efforts, how do you, how do you think about that? You don't have to share the specific numbers, obviously, but what are the kinds of outcomes that you expect to measure and, and how do you feel about it so far? What inning are you in? Um, isn't the world series over? Um, yeah, I'm famous for using analogies about things. I don't know. I don't know anything about sports. So I use sports analogies. I'll use, you know, war analogies. Uh, I don't know anything about anything, but yes. So where I don't know if it's over, but what inning are you in anyway? 
Oh, that's a great, I think it depends on the account. Um, I think we've made more progress on, on some of the, the 20 strategic accounts than we have others, I would say. Um, admittedly on a few, we're probably in the first inning. And I think on others, we're maybe in the fifth inning. Um, you know, what is challenging about the strategic accounts is the movement, there might not be movement for a long time. So as I touched upon earlier, looking at the increased engagement by month is very helpful. And in particular, engaging with the right personas, the right target audience. Um, those are all things that we're looking at in terms of measurement to see how we can truly have these campaigns help move the needle. Um, so I think it just depends on the account um, and what, what's going on with it. I would say for, between first inning to fifth inning. Yeah. So do you have, uh, so specifically the, the metric that you look at is some kind of an engagement score? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's the leading indicator where the, the ultimate business result is going to be more sales for these strategic accounts, obviously. But the, the, uh, the first step is getting better and deeper engagement within those accounts. Is that correct? For the strategic accounts, um, I'm also working on, I guess I would call it a special project, which is somewhat account-based marketing. Um, I'm working with some of our uh, smaller customers that are in the financial services space. Um, and we're looking at metrics in terms of monthly funded loans um, through Blend. And so I'm doing a number of campaigns with them that are highly targeted, developing very personal assets for them, videos, um, really partnering with their marketing team uh, a lot more just to try to help out and, and push some of Blend messages within for them to reach their customers. So, you know, I would say the metrics for those customers are different, but for the strategic accounts right now, it's really about engagement and conversion. Yeah, I think the ones that uh, Honey mentioned, the, the other ones, uh, the metric there is probably, you know, some, some level of adoption. So they're right. trying to increase adoption within these accounts, which again, for, um, for customers, for existing customers, that, that's a great uh, metric and a great use of ABM. Yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, and, and obviously probably measurable. And you, you talked about some of the, in your case, it's loans processed or something like that. So you have an actual, uh, an actual application feature consumption metric that you can look at, which is, which is great. So that actually would be a, a, a great analysis to be able to say, have, you know, and, and the question is, do you create a control? Do you say, I'm going to take the people outside ABM and compare it to the people inside ABM and look at, to see if there's been a, a faster change of, of adoption. Have you, have you looked at that at all? Or do you just say, I'm going to, everyone's going to get this. It, it's a great question. As of right now, it, it wouldn't really be fair um, because some of these marketing efforts with customers are fairly new to the company. So I don't think there's an even comparison to say, you know, we're going all in ABM for these accounts. Um, you know, ultimately the goal is that we will scale out these ABM programs to all of our customers. Um, and as Iran talked about, we're really trying to put those strategies in place too, because, you know, you're trying to make 
every single touch highly personalized, highly relevant. Well, how do you scale it out where there are so many unique qualities to all these different customers and basically how they do their business as well? So, honey, is there anything that you know now about ABM and your ABM efforts that you wish you knew before you started out on this journey? Oh boy. Um, that's the kind of, yes. I mean, I, there's many, many things. Um, I think, you know, sales alignment, there was a lot of learnings there uh, about, you know, I think with COVID and everything being virtual, it's harder to build those relationships with sales. So um, going back to what I touched upon before, I think just recommending have one-on-one conversations. If you're trying to gather information on accounts with 20 people on a Zoom call, it's really hard to gather some of that information or have people speak up and say, you know, ask a lot of questions. So I would say that was a learning um, for me. And also, I won't say it was new new to me, but really the, the amount of time it takes to do discovery, to do research, to dig around Salesforce, um, to try to pull up data, I would say that's, you know, th- there's just no replacement for really getting your, rolling your sleeves up and, and doing it. It just takes a lot of time. Yeah. And, and then Iran, from your perspective, if, if a company is listening to this and a marketer saying, wow, I've thought I should think about ABM. What are the kind of attributes you look at in a company to say, yeah, it's, that's a valid kind of, uh, ABM would be a valid strategy, valid strategy to at least explore for the company. What, what do you think they should be looking at? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, again, the companies I work with are primarily B2B software companies. So I would say that, you know, to 95% of them, if not 100%, ABM's strategy would be applicable. Uh, In my mind, even if your software can serve, you know, uh, an infinite, can serve anybody, which which something like this doesn't exist, but let's say it does, uh, I would say that a portion of your marketing can definitely go towards ABM because you want to own specific spaces within your market, no matter how large it is. Uh, You know, if you think about, you know, the bowling alley strategy from crossing the chasm, uh, if you're a software company that is starting, even if, again, eventually you want to conquer the world, uh, you know, you need to start with with a a well-defined segment. And, and, And essentially, you know, going back to your question, any company that has a finite and well-defined target market uh, can use ABM. Uh, and I would say, again, a- any company that doesn't have it should have it. So, so in my mind, it's pretty much everybody. Well, it sounds like you're not listening to your targeting strategy, Iran. If it's everybody, then uh, you prob- that's not a very tight target market, is it? Although, to be fair, you actually did say uh, B2B software companies. So I'm, I'm just tweaking you. And, and yeah. And the, you know, I, yeah. when I started doing consulting, that was my my first decision, right? I mean, yeah. because you can be a marketing consultant and you get calls from anybody and everybody. And I was very adamant that, no, I am only going to work with B2B software companies because that's what I preach to them and that's what I'm going to practice. So 
Yeah, so that's the answer to your question. Excellent. So very targeted, start small. Uh, so I'd call it, well, maybe it's not ABM, it's BabyM to start small. Yeah. Right? There you <laughs> Absolutely. go. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's that's great. So so tell us, I, I think we need to get toward our, our wrap up here where um, this has been fascinating, though. Tell, tell us a little bit more about uh, maybe, honey, you can start, where can people learn about Blend if we happen to have some great financial institution marketers listening? Uh, where, where can they learn more about Blend? Go to www.blend.com. It's all right there. Great domain, by the way. God, I'm jealous. That's amazing. Uh, and <laughs> in Iran, where can people learn more about Market Capture? Marketcapture.com, uh, one word. So also a good uh, domain. Yes. Um, so absolutely would be happy to talk to anybody that is interested in chatting about ABM. Especially if you're a B2B software company, right? Which especially is, exactly yeah. that's, that's what you do. And we'll, we'll put links in the show descriptions for people to learn more about a blend and market capture and, uh, in honey and, uh, in, in Iran. So, um, I really appreciate your, your, time today and your great insights. Hopefully people will find this really helpful as they start to think about their journey into uh, into ABM or expanding their journey if they're already started. So uh, Kelsey, I think we have our one more favorite question to ask. Yeah, Hani, we'll start with you. What advice would you give for uh, CMOs or those aspiring to be one? Great question. I mean, I think what comes to mind since we're talking about ABM is why not ABM? You've got to make you know, ABM part of your strategy as a VP, CMO, there, there's just no way around it. With the whole world being digital digital and virtual, um, you have to be unique and stand out and it has to be personalized for you to be successful. So that would be my advice. And Aran? Yeah, so I'd go back to what I wrote uh, over 15 years ago. Know your customer by name. If you're trying to market you need to know your customers. You can call it ABM. You can call it anything else. But if you don't have the basics, uh, you're not going to be able to be successful at marketing to them. So that would be my advice. Great advice. I'm not surprised coming from you, Iran. That's great. Well, th- thank you so much. And I think, Kelsey, let's, uh, we're going to take it out from here. Thanks so much, Aran and Hani. Appreciate the time learning about ABM and make sure to follow the next CMO and Plana on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you have any ideas for topics or guests, you can email them to the next CMO at Plana.com. Or you can go to our cool new landing page, right? That too. On our, <laughs> is, our website. On our website. All right. Great. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. Have a great day, Thank everyone. You. Thank you. Thank you.